0: Let's dive in now. Well, hello, Savvy Souls. So I had created the cover for this podcast before I went on a trip to Italy. It was a trip with my friend, Jackie Eldridge, who was doing this retreat in this gorgeous spot in Tuscany called La Chiera, about an hour away from Rome, an hour away from Florence in the most beautiful spot with the best people in the world. And the theme of the retreat was expansion. And so my original plan was I was going to tape a podcast for you there, podcast episode for you there. And I was going to talk to you about the expansive things I was learning there. And we did have this glorious, incredibly expansive, Uh, week that gave me lots of food for thought. But I'm going to talk to you about some different aspects of the trip that were uh, even more expansive than the retreat. And that was a number of rough things happened to me at the end of the trip, um, including being pickpocketed in Florence and navigating a couple days in Italy with almost no money and no credit cards. And then having my plane connection uh, missed on the way home and having to stay over an extra night in a suburban Paris hotel again with (laughs) no money. And then after I got home, immediately getting diagnosed with COVID and being quite dizzy and sick after I got home. And here's the cool thing I want to share with you is really expansion isn't just a light and fluffy concept. It's not just about the parts of your life where you go out and frolic in the meadows, even though I do own this beautiful place in Prince Edward County. And I talk a lot about that because beauty is my jam and nature is my jam. And I do believe these things are very expensive. I was listening to a podcast uh, episode this morning, and it was talking about um, this idea that making conclusions, drawing conclusions about things, has you feeling less alive. And I really thought about that. It's it's like you're shutting down options as you draw conclusions about things. You're fixing your mind, and really one of the biggest components of expansion is just being open to things so that you can feel really alive as you go through life. And when you encounter things that are tough, those really can be some of the most expansive teachings that can happen to you. But first, I do want to share with you that an hour after dropping my luggage off at the hotel in Florence, fortunately last couple of days, my trip and shopped around and found this beautiful scarf store where I'd picked like all these amazing cashmere scarves and salt scarves to buy for friends and family. And when I went to pay discovering that my wallet with all of my ID and my credit cards and most of my cash was gone didn't go down expansively right away. I had a complete panic attack. Um, I usually, if you ever see me traveling, I usually have a purse with a really thick strap and I clutch it under my arm like a football because I'm afraid of being pickpocketed. But that day it was very hot. It was about 33 degrees. I'm not used to the heat. And I kind of let my purse dangle right when I was by the Uffizi which is this, if you don't know Florence, this is a beautiful, large, very um, touristed museum, a huge crowd, not exactly a place to let your purse dangle. And when I got into the scarf store and went to pay, all of that was missing. I am very grateful though, because I had my passport and a few euros that were just enough as it turned out to get me through Uh, the rest of the trip safely. So what I want to talk about is, you know, after my complete panic and meltdown and just all of those thoughts that we often have, like, I can't believe this is happening to me. I don't know what to do. I don't have any money. I don't have credit cards. Like, how do I get home? Like all of the complete panic that was going through me. I remembered one thing I did learn from Jackie's retreat. It was a reminder of something I know, but it's always good to be reminded. And that is like, when you're really stressed, take a few breaths, like in and out and let just, just notice all the air still going into my lungs, releasing all the air. And that really, really helps calm down the nervous system and make me realize I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. I'm going to be Okay. So that was kind of the first thing I needed to notice is I'm panicking and I'm resisting this situation. I'm arguing against reality. That's something that Byron Katie um, always says that if you argue against reality, you lose only a hundred percent of the time. So I was able to kind of come back to myself and realize, okay, this isn't going to help me. And then I remembered it's this coaching mindset sentence I like to tell myself because it makes my brain think really hard. And that was, how could all of this be for me? And I really couldn't think of how this was going to be for me, but it opened my mind. Remember, I was just talking about expansion and how that's like being open to things and not coming to conclusions. So instead of concluding that this is terrible, this is bad. I decided I would ask, how could this be for me? And just be open to the lessons I might receive. So I would say that in retrospect, the most important lesson that I had was in how to receive. I tend to be fairly proud and independent and focused on giving to other people. And I sometimes have trouble accepting help from others. It's usually, oh no, I can do that myself. Like I just really hate bothering other people. And in this situation, you basically need all the help you can get. So I want to tell you a few stories, especially about strangers who helped me. So the first was the hotel clerk. I was supposed to check in to the hotel a couple hours later and I was worried because you usually need a credit card to be able to check into your hotel. My hotel was thankfully prepaid and I was informed that breakfast was included. So that was some food I was going to be eating. So that made me settle down a bit. And they allowed me into the room where I would have access to internet so that I could try to contact my bank and cancel my cards and do all that kind of stuff. So that was the first stranger who didn't have to help me out, but did help me out. The next people I met that were really helpful were two different Italian policemen at two different stations. Um, I did discover that Italy is very bureaucratic. It's very hard to find the right station who's willing to take your um, stolen uh, credit card and wallet report, although you are legally required to make a report. And I got sent to a number of stations, but at two different stations, the Italian policemen were very kind. One guy was very sweet. He was needing to communicate to me that the station had just closed and I would need to go elsewhere. And he didn't speak any English at all, but he grabbed his Google Translate and, you know, took the time and had the patience to communicate with me until I understood where to go to the next station. And then at the next station, the Italian uh, policeman there was just so kind. He spent about an hour taking my statement. He just kept sympathizing with me. I honestly expected that he was going to scold me because I really did feel that I was to blame for this theft, that I hadn't been careful in the busiest square in the city where they tell you that they're pickpockets and you need to be careful. And he didn't scold me once and just was so kind and patient and ended up giving me the written statement that I'd need back here. And I really appreciated that. And, you know, then I was navigating, you know, the next day and a half in Florence with very little money. And when I got to the airport to catch my flight to Paris where I was making a connecting flight back to Canada, um, I discovered just as we were about to get on a bus to take us to the plane that Italy has a different kind of mask required to go on the shuttle to the plane than the one I had. And I couldn't afford to get the mask because I didn't have enough cash. I had enough cash only left to be able to buy a drink um, before I got on the plane back to Canada. And so she just gave me one of her masks, which I thought was really kind uh, of hers. And she couldn't even really understand what I was saying. She just knew I was in trouble. And then we got on the plane and we sat on the tarmac and sat on the tarmac and I had a very tight connection and we actually sat on the tarmac longer than the time I was going to have in the Paris airport to make my connection. So I started to panic uh, again because I was going to be in Paris without a flight home and with um, just enough money basically to buy a bottle of water and a snack. And so I was feeling quite panicked. But um, when I got to Charles de Gaulle Airport, the Air France counter guy was incredibly kind and my flight was deferred for a day and I explained what happened. He gave me vouchers for a hotel and for food and for the shuttle bus. And so that solved my overnight problem. And by this time, I was just beginning to learn to trust in the ability of my fellow humankind to step up to the plate when it was most needed. Then when we got to the hotel, we were told we'd have a return shuttle, but the hotel didn't know anything about it and couldn't tell us what time we'd have to get up in the morning to catch it or anything. And I started talking to a fellow passenger and she very kindly offered to let me take a taxi back with her. Cause again, I didn't have any money to get back from the hotel to the airport the next morning. So that was incredibly nice. So got on the plane home the next day, everything went smoothly. I had my bottle of water that I could afford. And, um, my next concern was picking my car up to park and fly. I had managed to changed the exact amount of euros into basically the amount of currency I needed to get my car out of park and fly, because I live two and a half, three hours away from Toronto, and I was going to have to drive home. And I needed my car. And I was also worried about whether I had enough gas to get home. Anyway, I retrieved my car from park and fly. And when she heard my story, I had these Canadian dollars. It was just the exact amount to pay for my car. And she came up with a $60 discount for me. So I would have extra cash to buy some gas and make sure I had enough and buy a little bit of food to eat because I was pretty hungry by then. So I thought that was incredibly nice of the woman at Park and Fly. And then the next morning I got a call from this British guy. His name is David Mooney. He's a hedge fund manager from Britain. And he called me up. He'd been trying to track me down because he had found four of my missing pieces of ID nicely checked, nicely stacked in a pile, um, in a church near the Uffizi square where I had, been pickpocketed and he's actually sending me my ID back to me by mail. So, and then of course, once I got here and wasn't feeling very well, the next day I went onto my WhatsApp app and discovered that several of my group had had positive COVID tests. And I took one and I had one too and ended up being pretty sick for the next couple of days. And, you know, of course my friends have rallied around me back here, but just all of these lessons in receiving that I got from perfect strangers in Italy and in my travels on the way back, just all of these kindness, none of these people had to help me and they all, they all did. And I also discovered that not only did I learn how to receive, because I was forced to, but I got to notice how good the other people who helped me seemed to feel about helping me. And so there's a gift in receiving that I think we often forget, um, from other people that we're helping other people when they, when we allow them to give to us, it's just like, I don't know if you've ever kind of rebuffed a compliment or you've given a compliment and the person rebuffs it and says, you know, kind of puts, puts down whatever you've complimented, it kind of takes you back and you don't feel great. But if you say to somebody, oh, you know, I love your shirt, and they go, oh, thank you, and their eyes light up, you feel really good, right? So it was a reminder of how my capacity to receive can help the other people to feel good about themselves, the people that are giving to me. So that was my main lesson when I was asking how this could be for me. But there were a couple other important lessons One was I had all this time in Florence, you know, a day and a half where I had planned to shop and I spent a lot of it, you know, talking to Italian policemen and to hotel people and getting help that way. But it felt like I went to different parts of Florence and I met different, just ordinary people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Instead of spending my time in shops, which isn't really something that, I mean, I do did like the idea of shopping in Florence, but shopping isn't a big deal for me. And meeting ordinary people does really fill me up. And that was kind of cool. And, you know, I was in Florence, so I could just walk around, take photos, really take in things. I took a long walk by the river on the Sunday morning. I went uh, across the bridge. I was on the side of things, but I went across the bridge and there was this beautiful, I was, it was pretty hot. So I was looking for a place to rest. And I found this garden that had this really cute ancient church, very small It was early Sunday morning. And there was an organist inside. You could hear him practicing for, or her practicing for the service that would be taking place and it was it was really nice to hear that it was a rose garden there were roses everywhere and you know there were some very cute italians walking their dogs on nicely groomed dogs on on you know per, with perfect little outfits and pretty little dog chains and you know runners stopping for water in the you know sculpted fountain and just it was just like little slices of life everywhere that I saw that I wouldn't have seen if I'd spent my time in the shops, lots of free stuff that you can enjoy. I also discovered it was really helpful to spend a few moments here and there allowing the negative feelings to go through. So even though I was having this positive mindset and, trying to ask how this could be for me. There were also times of resistance. And so just allowing myself to just notice the negative feelings as they arose and to experience them, let them go through my body, putting my hand on my heart and just saying, I'm okay, I'm safe. I'm okay. I'm safe. That was really helpful. And then I think the final thing that was really important for me is when I left on this trip, I had a rigorous schedule. I've been talking about this on my podcast about um, starting this magic room experience program. And I developed kind of all the launch content I was going to do when I was away. Then my Wi-Fi wasn't good enough. So I was rushing back home, planning to blast through it here. And now with COVID, I haven't been able to do that. And I've realized that that is probably the most expansive thing for me. Because when I sat back and thought about it, I thought, I don't really want to rush into this program. I'd really love to wait and do it in the fall. Because over the summer right now is the best time to do workshops and have my gallery um, do do more artwork and be in my gallery and do all of that stuff. And I was rushing into something with a lot of pressure I was putting on myself just because I'd promised it. And I've taken this time, all this time I've had to think and nurse my COVID and just be by myself to really, really evaluate that and understand there's no rush to teach this magic room experience. I've got all the content ready. It's an amazing program. And I think it's going to be a lot more interesting to start it in the fall rather than over the summer. This summer I'm going to be expansive. I'm going to do my art. I'm going to create some amazing workshops here in the county. My when I got home, I looked around my property. I was so impressed by all the work my amazing gardener Linda had done. There are flowers everywhere. This place is so abundant and beautiful. And I really just feel like sitting down and doing some painting. And so that's going to be my focus over the summer. I'm putting a hold on that program. I'm going to launch it in the fall. It's still coming. And I'll let you guys have your summer too. I know a lot of you have expressed interest. So don't worry, it's going to happen. It's just going to happen a few months later. So it's not coming to conclusions and being open to life. And that my friend's are the expansive lessons I'm bringing to you from my trip to Italy and my return. Love you guys. Bye. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together we'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.